I'll drink it by itself sometimes. So if I wake up and I'm hungover, I'll sip on it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm like, if I want something non-alcoholic that's carbonated, which is very rare, if I want something carbonated, it's probably going to be alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But if I don't, like, that's not the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? I'll drink it. But to me, it's like, I ginger beer to me is just so weird when it's not spiked. Is that, is that awful to say? Does that make me sound like I have a drinking problem? No, maybe a little bit, but... <laughs> Dude, I need to know if I have a drinking problem. Nah. Because I like drinking and I don't want to have a problem drinking. Oh my God, this is what we, this is the shirt we need to get made. My drinking podcast is an economics problem. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now, how does this much money move every single day, and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkenomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one, and have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. And welcome back to Drunkenomics. This is the podcast in which, oh gosh, did I just call it a podcast? This is the display in which we uh, drunk. Presentation. I still think presentation is the the best word ever for it. That's right. This is the presentation in which we drunk in economics. I hope you guys are all having a good day and having a good time, having a drink with us, having a better day than Bitcoin is today because uh, Bitcoin, (laughs) I don't know if anybody saw, but they lost about 20%, I think, of of their value, maybe a little bit more. It went from like 40 something K to 32K. I don't even know. I saw a meme claiming that there was $200 billion of cryptocurrency, of crypto value or whatever, wiped out. Whatever that means. How do you wipe out cryptocurrency? It's not like, you know, $200 billion of cash has appeared. It's like, okay, someone lit some cash on fire. For me, I think people just came to their senses and said, not paying that. Yeah. No. This is a very it's this awful. is a very expensive exchange and a very volatile exchange. And no. And very unpredictable. So screw that. Call it Bitcoin inflation, if you will. Uh-huh. <laughs> So um, one of these days we will do an episode on Bitcoin. I just don't know very much about it, but that seems to be the hot topic. So eventually one of these days we'll talk about it. But before we talk about anything further, let me introduce myself. My name is Aaron. Last name is Wong. What? And uh, I think today you are the more gracious host because you are drinking ginger beer. I'm going to try to be. I am. Well, no, you my are. Last ginger beer. Yeah. I'm going to go out later and buy more ginger beer. See, that's graciousness right there. Tell me that's not graciousness. I say I'd order and have it delivered, but I mean, I'm not I'm not that posh. I'm not a king. <laughs> I'm only human. Jeez. I'm a member of the royal family. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to no. buy it myself. Plus, I think our Aussie, our Aussie friends will love it. I'm a huge fan of Bundaberg. It's my oh, preferred nice. Oh, nice. Beer. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. But you are the more gracious host tonight because I'm drinking yeah. a 64 proof, 64, not proof, 64% ABV bourbon. So what was your name again, though? I yeah, no, I, I, it's true. As the gracious host, I have been less than more gracious. And mm. yeah, no, it's obviously, it's uh, James Goldwater here nice. uh, attempting to be the more gracious host. And we'll just see what well, happens. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a role reversal here, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to our presentation. Hopefully, we pull this one off too, because there's just so many things. I mean, 2021, what a great year so far already. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, if I thought 2020 was going to be exciting at the beginning, boy, has, has 2021 gone, hold my beer. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, literally, hold my beer. I mean, it's crazy because 2020 was just like, 
you know, it started out as like a normal year. Yeah, I mean, it started out like there was something going on in China, but we didn't think it was going to leave China and let alone impact the entire world. We just thought it was just going to be a Chinese thing. And then, you know, little did we know that uh, just cheap shot of the entire world. And look where we are now, 2021, not much has changed, but glad you're still with us. So yeah, with that said, what should we talk about first? I mean- I think we've got to- We got to get last week out of the way. Yeah. So we got to start with- Tuesday night, so the fifth, the Georgia runoff, and then get through Wednesday as quickly as we can, which is to say we're going to go at a blinding pace. Yes. Because my blood pressure, I can't do it anymore. I can't. No, no yeah, no. Just pass I, I'm through. so done with politics. Regardless, we're gonna try let's and talk look about at politics. The, we're going to try and look at the economic repercussions yeah. of things, and we're going to try not to talk about the politics itself. Correct. So, Georgia runoffs. It's going to come back up. But only when the politics is incredibly stupid. Like the guy who's like, let's nationalize Ford. I'm like, mm, yeah, let's not, that. let's not do that. Um, but the Georgia runoffs, both seats flipped. Both seats flipped. I was actually surprised by that personally. I thought Leffler would lose to, um, to Senator Warnock because she, as we talked about, her husband's the chairman of the New York Stock Exchange. She's one of the wealthiest people in Congress and her tenure there the last two years hasn't been great. So that didn't really shock me that that she lost. She uh, right. I didn't think she was going to win either. She didn't really belong there. She she was kind of. I think Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, appointed her to fill that Senate role with the assumption that she'd be kind of in the middle and she wouldn't be offensive. And then she went skipped off to the right, and it was like, eh, yeah, exactly. Well, so much and then, for that. And then there's uh, the really unpopular thing that she did, which was she was a part of that insider trading scandal last March ish. Yep. Early last March. So, but then again, so was Senator Purdue. Yeah. So the other Georgia senator up. So neither of them made good choices, let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, and I feel like that kind of ruined their tenure. I mean, not really, but it did. Like, I mean, like who wants to vote for that, right? It damages your credibility. It certainly damages yeah, exactly. your credibility. Granted, like, I mean, they weren't the only ones. There were a bunch of them from both sides that were a part of it, so... Yeah, yeah. and historically that's always been true, is that members of Congress of course, yeah. tend to make trades based on... Um, it's not, they're not technically insiders. But they but, have a rule and they know what legislation is is going to be yeah, presented. Exactly. And they know how but, it's going to impact, just the fact that it's presented is going to impact the markets. And it's, yeah. because people are going to brace for certain outcomes for legislation, for better or for they, worse. They, they have access to beneficial information. That's that way. Exactly. It is very easy to understand why after at least one term in Congress, well, after your first term as a senator, you're almost certainly a millionaire. And after your second term as a congressman. Usually your first. You're a millionaire. Correct. Yeah. Blah. Moving on. So yeah. so that happened. So Tuesday night, they called the first seat. Wednesday morning, they called the second the seat. Second seat. Yeah. So at that point, uh, I love this joke and I kind of feel bad about it, but I don't. Mitch McConnell became the thing he hates most in the world, a minority. <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah, now the Senate that. minority. Well, he, he's the presumptive minority leader. Um, he's the majority leader until Warnock and Ossoff are seated and there is a... Uh, a leadership race in the Senate. When are they going to be seated? That I am. Well, it doesn't matter until the 21st gotcha. because it's a 50 50 tie with Pence as the tie breaking vote until noon on the 20th. Gotcha. So that won't change. So the 21st, you can assume there'll be a race at which point I assume Chuck Schumer, yeah. who is, I have my own issues with him, yeah, become the, the Senate majority leader, which at that point, Boy, you know, obstructionism should theoretically go away. Right. But moving, but moving on. on. Uh, then so, there was Wednesday afternoon. There was Wednesday. Every Okay, we all know what happened on Wednesday. It's not... If you don't, what rock are you under? I, I'd love us some time it's there. Made inter yeah, exactly. I would love to be down there with you just with my bottle of bookers and just, you know, just... Trying to unplug. Yeah, exactly. Literally trying to unplug. But uh, we all know what happened on Wednesday. Uh, people stormed the hill. And 
I feel like a terrible person for admitting this, but I, it, it's sad. It's a sad funny, right? It's oh, dark. It's, it's crying because it, it's laughing because otherwise you'd cry. Yeah. It's, the, like, it's I had that. to laugh at some stuff because otherwise I'd cry. You know, and I don't know, like, I don't want to say this, but I, but I feel like it's the truth is like, I feel like, you know, and I don't, I don't know if you're a diehard supporter of Trump. But I genuinely feel like Donald Trump has ruined the Republican Party. He's done them a lot of damage. He, he hasn't done them any favors, to put it that way. Yeah. And I never thought it was a sin to be a Republican. Like, when did Twitter hate Republicans so much? You know, I, I think it was, like, Twitter never liked the Republican Party, but I think it just, it oh, really came to- Twitter, Twitter's one I'll kind of give a pass to. Anyone can, anyone could kind of say whatever they wanted, as long as they weren't really blatantly violating the terms of service. Right, yeah, but I'm saying like, so I, and like, I'm saying now, like Twitter- it, now, as of Thursday, Donald Trump, for example, has had his personal Twitter permanently suspended. Yeah, unlike us. So, not bragging, just saying. Unlike us, uh, saying, you know, yeah. just saying. Just what, saying. Ha- what had been happening with just Twitter saying. specifically is that the power of celebrity was stronger than their willingness to enforce their terms of service. Mm-hmm. And then we did see that we, we got to see the logical extreme of that. Trump took it to the hairy edge. Twitter went, the second he's no longer president, he's going to get cut off, suspended, and otherwise blocked when he does the stuff that would get anyone else blocked because their algorithms essentially there were people and it create a fake account or a, a one-off account instead of quoting donald trump or sharing they would just tweet exactly what he'd tweeted and they would get blocked instantly and so they went well okay so twitter knows it violates the terms of service but they're fine because it's the celebrity who at this point may also happen to be the president of the united states depending on the timetable well, anymore now yeah a person to their terms of service, which is right. Yeah. I mean, it's like their, it's their, it's their right as a corporation. Yeah. It, it is the right, but I just, you know, my thing is like, I feel like that kind of censorship, it's, you know, I, you feel know like, I feel like it can be harmful. I'm not saying this one particularly was, but I'm saying it can be but right. To tweet like, it bull. It's to borrow your friend's bullhorn. And then your friend going, ah, give me my bullhorn back. Right. You idiot. That's what Twitter is. Twitter's a bullhorn. It's privately owned. And it, and the, twi- and the bullhorn said, you know what? That's too crazy. Yeah. That's just so, factual. And I don't correct. disagree with Twitter because I do think Donald Trump has, you know, all he's tweeting about is like how unfair everything has been oh, to yeah. him and how the election awesome was stolen. Well, I understand why they did this. They're patriots. Right, but it's all of it. It's, you know, antagonizing the other side and antagonizing China, which we'll get yeah. into further. Well, I mean, you look at his, I mean, we look at his tweets about the trade war, about negotiations. He would tweet something and the market would react by several hundred points. Uh, yeah, totally. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and as, as we, you know, and there are some serious historically impl- talked about and the markets move that much. I mean, that, there are a ton of serious implications because of that mm-hmm. on so many levels to so many people across oh, the country. Yeah. I mean, that could be harmful to so many people, you know, so I understand like as far as economic stability, market stability really what is what I mean by that. Not, not economic stability, but mm-hmm. you know, he, basically what he's been doing is he's been saying like, I'm the best president ever. And then all of his, you know, his whole entourage is like, yeah, Donald Trump's amazing. And you know, there are some things that I do like about Trump. Now, there are plenty of things I like about Trump. Uh, but then, you know, he, he has this target on his back that like, it's like, dude, you put that there yourself. Yeah. And now you're claiming that it's, Way bigger than it actually is. Well, when you, I mean, my thing is when you run for office, when you go to be the president of the United States, you have to assume that on any given day, one person in three hates you. Yeah. And if you think that, and if that's too hard for you to deal with, well, you probably should have thought about that before you started running and spending yeah, money. Exactly. But anyways, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore because no, uh, this is, because I, 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 you know, it, it's such an embarrassment. Yeah. But anyways, that happened. Markets didn't seem to care because markets ended the week strong. Yeah, that was kind of shocking to me is that the markets didn't respond to what was happening on the Hill. I think it's because they were really kind of looking at it from the perspective of, okay, it's a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, a Democratic White House. We can expect substantial stimulus. I know, but I also feel like it's, 
I don't know, man, I'm not unhappy with what might happen, but I'm just, I'm worried that there might be like some sort of inflationary consequence, but no one's, there's no like real inflation guideline coming up. All we're seeing is apparently in 2024, the Fed is planning on raising rates. That's all we're seeing so far. Well, yeah, yeah, that was so that was the interesting thing is because I said like, oh, with the Democrats being in charge, there's now this premise that they may raise inflation or they may raise interest rates from where they are rock bottom now to something in Q4 2024, whereas initially they thought it'd be some point in 2025. I know, at some point, I think sooner rather than later, it's got to go up. because it, this Well, is, it I has mean, to, because if you leave it down low, then eventually you run into another problem because the last one didn't solve uh, and you have to go negative. And that doesn't, that's not a great idea. Yeah. And one of my favorite things too today was like, so I was watching CNBC as markets close today. So today's Monday, what, uh, January 11th? 11th or, yeah, today's January 11th. Yes. And CNBC at market close was like, uh, markets closed down uh, however many points, 100 points or whatever. I mean, it, it still closed above 30, it was like 80 or yeah, something. Yeah, it still closed yeah. above 31,000. So, uh, but they closed down however many points based on valuation concerns. And it's like, okay, so you talk about inflation. You talk about inflation in the markets because that's literally where it is. I mean, PEs are yeah. higher than they've ever been. No thanks to Tesla, no thanks to new energy, no thanks to all those sectors that have been just booming. No thanks to even materials, yeah. like, a, like a, a sector that's not that sexy. And when I say not that sexy, I mean, no one talks about it. Uh, if you've been in materials, you know, you've made a lot of money <laughs> in the last three months. Yeah, you can make uh, a lot of but money. Regardless, but I mean, no one... PEs everywhere, you know, PEs in generally low PE sectors and low PE companies are going up. So talk about inflation. I think we're already seeing it. You said that. I totally agree with what you said. I, I think it's spot on. Yeah, I, I think that the markets are starting to maybe come back down to earth. That's not necessarily fair. Let's put it this way. Uh, I think I, as I was reading today, I saw that uh, bond yield, 10-year bond yields were up oh, yeah. 20 basis points today. Well, they finally, which, they finally got over 1%. Yeah. <laughs> so for those listening, it's just that's two-tenths of a percent in terms of the payout. Right. So the yield is getting better. It suggests that there is an expectation that there will be uh, more volatility in the stock market with a greater downward chance. I guess that's the easiest oh, yeah, way to, totally. to, to describe that. Is it's, people are going into it because they're looking for that constant security against uncertainty. Well, do you go into 10-year bonds to secure your current inflation, like to secure your current monetary growth rate? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you think about the time value of money, like $1,000 now is not worth $1,000, doesn't have $1,000 worth of buying power a year from now because of the interest In, rates. Yeah. Interest rates are technically zero right now. So it's, it does. There's no, there's no decrease in buying power based off interest, but inflation's there. So do you go into 10-year bonds to protect yourself from those inflationary concerns? I mean, on the one hand, yes, that, that's part of it. I, I think actually, as I look at it, and as I was thinking about it today, I was thinking, well, I would go into the 10-year bond as it goes up because I expect, because I think the music's about to stop. To use, call, not stop, yeah, yeah. Uh, to use a phrase from Margin Call, the music, so to speak, may be about to slow, right? And so it's this- And then he's okay. like, well, the music has already stopped. They say, I'm listening and I can't hear a thing. Yeah. I don't, I, I can still hear music. I just think I, they may be, they may quiet down soon. And then maybe it's like, oh, that song ended like two minutes ago. Right. Oh dear. Yeah. You know, there were terrible December jobs numbers. Terrible. Horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Lost, lost 140,000 jobs again. And in no, no way, it's, yeah, in no way the markets should be at all-time all highs. We're close to them. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, we're putting the money into banks so that the market stays high. And it's like, oh, how does that help feed people on Main Street? Oh, it doesn't. Boom. Thank yeah. you for yeah. solving well, that issue. There we go. Now we're on the same page. Yeah. 
So, At least they'll admit it now. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I want to talk about inflation, but I don't because because we've sang the song before and we were wrong. Mm-hmm. We were, I think so. I think that um, inflation probably isn't something we have to worry about right now uh, because incomes went down at the same time as supply went down or uh-huh. incomes became uncertain. So people weren't spending at the same time as supply was so radically so people constricted. Were, people were bracing on both sides, right? Still. Yeah. Well, on the, on the one hand, it's the good became more valuable. So the price, the inflation should have shot through the roof on a good, the price should have shot through the roof on a good. Um, but at the same time, it beca- as the supply became shifted left and things became more rare income declined. And so demand shifted to the left too. So there was a, there was a wow. leftward supply and demand shock across most things. To me, I feel like that kind of logic should make prices go up and it should make inflation a primary concern, especially when you flood the markets with money, money supplies going up. Except, except the, we flooded financial markets with money, not actual did markets. give people money. money. And I mean, not as much as the not financial much. I don't, I don't care what you say, it was $600 a week to uh, everybody that was unemployed. Not everyone got that. I don't know, but every six dollars a week to people that were unemployed, additional, right? And I understand it was a very small percentage of people that got it, but that was a lot of money that the government was spending. Yeah, and we'll have, and there will be years to look at this in the future. My guess is a lot of those people had a lot of debt, and they were retiring debt. So you're, I don't so think you're they saying, spent it, it. so you're saying it went to Main Street and then it got pumped back into the financial system almost as fast. It got vacuumed into the financial sector. It, it sucks. Yeah, we need, yeah, and there there needs to be a remedy for that. At least some sort of reconciliation to help those people get back on their feet. But but anyways, but yeah. Uh, so that's that. Gosh, we talked a lot about nothing so far. I mean, not nothing. We talked a lot about random stuff so far. Um, I guess uh, so. Here's I guess maybe the big stuff. Out of Wednesday. Well, let's, let's, let's also touch on last week how there were three Chinese tech companies, and we talked about this in the episode last yeah, week. we hinted at it. Well, we talked about it before it actually happened. And then yeah. when we released our episode, it actually happened. And since so, it has happened. I'm not, I'm not so, yeah. saying we called it, but well, I am I mean, saying we called it. So we call, um, At the same time, we called it because the government said, do this, and the stock exchange said, we're doing it on this date. And we went, hey, they're doing it on this date. It's not like we called this. We went like, hey, this hey, is going to happen. And then it became news. This and is then it actually happened. And then we were yeah. like, told you. They're saying, mm-hmm. the economics called it. Should have listened. Yeah, like, um, like you, you probably should have seen this coming. When the president is signing executive orders, and when the U.S. government as a whole is kind of saying, like, if a business has has interest with Chinese defense, so the Chinese Communist Party and its and its military contracts or ownership, yeah, no, they don't get to they don't get access to foreign money to fund their defense. They no, you are not listed on U.S. exchanges. Yeah. You have to you have to go find a different company, well, like, country or exchange that yeah, will list you. And it's like why you know from Trump's perspective, okay, so it's like why do you what is known as like a not a friendly country, why do you provide those companies access to financing from your own country? Yeah, you know what I mean? To inexpensive Western capital. Right, exactly. Yeah. So like, I think that's, yeah, very inexpensive. So I think that was essentially Trump's perspective. Was, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a bad perspective. Yeah, let's list these companies um, so they don't have, they don't have access to American financing. Mm-hmm. It'll make it a little bit tougher for them to like expand faster and, you know, to scale up and produce yeah. whatever uh, they need to produce for the Chinese military. Or whatever. So it's it's it, w- when you're delisted, you're just removed from a U.S. exchange. So you can you can trade one of two ways. After that, you can either trade um, on a foreign exchange, which you can still do that. But what I'm saying, so so the the real issue if you're a Chinese company is that if you don't trade on a Western exchange, no Western investor is going to trade on a mainland Chinese exchange. The restrictions on cap on pulling your capital actually fully out 
are so stringent that you're never going to put it in, right? So I could sell all my stock tomorrow, but I can't get my money out of China. So if I want to put money into Chinese firms, I go through Hong Kong. Right, That's got yeah. its own problems now because the same time that the president and that the United yeah. States has said essentially, you know, we're not going to do business, you know, remove these Chinese firms, remove these Chinese, these companies with connections from our exchanges. They've also said, well, if you're a company, if you're a Chinese firm, you have to have your books audited to a U.S. legal right. gap stand, you know, gap standards, or you'll be delisted. And then mm -hmm. also he said at the same time, we're going to discontinue the special relationship with Hong Kong. I don't necessarily think that those are bad moves. Yeah. So wait, you actually like something Trump did? There's more oh. than one. I, it's this is this is one of maybe well, two I just, things. I just I'm just saying, like for you, that's just that's kind of that's you know. Yeah, no, there are several things I like about Trump. You, I know there are very, much fewer uh, things yeah, that, I, that you like about Trump. I think he's Trump. a reprehensible human being. That being said, he has signed off on a few things that probably not for the reasons he is doing it. <laughs> I think have benefits. Oh, you know gotcha. what I mean? It may be an okay, unintended consequence of what he's trying yeah. to do. But. And next week, for sure, we're going to talk about Hong Kong. You know, Definitely. unless we'll go, we'll go deeper into unless, of that. course, like Trump gets impeached or something like that. Then, mm. well, <laughs> regardless. But moving on. So, so what what's happened now is Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley have all now said and City and Citigroup and City. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see. I, that must. They must be a new addition. The first thing I saw but, was City and Goldman. That was the first thing I saw. Yeah, that checks out. That's what I was watching last night. And I think you're, gotcha. you're right. But yeah, I absolutely believe the city's there. But um says that all warrants, callable bull or bear contracts are going to be suspended from trading as of January 25th. So that's for 500 different uh, instruments that have been trading essentially from Hong Kong, but so, for these firms and others. So warrants and options. Yep. And I take basically. it because warrants and preemptive rights are pretty much the same thing. Those are also mm -hmm. in there too. I'd imagine that that gotcha. is going to join the join that train. I thought you were going to say. So, okay, sorry. Maybe City didn't say this, but I thought you were going to say Goldman and City are not doing any political contributions. Oh yeah, no. That well, that's yeah. Goldman. My understanding was that I saw all the major banks, all the major investment banks, said they will not be donating to any politician for the next six months. Well, yeah, and the first two that came out and said that was Goldman and Citigroup, and then J.P. Morgan was. Three I remember. Right. So when you said that, when you started listing these banks and you started Goldman, I thought oh, that yeah. was where you're going at. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it was delisting. And so I was saying, is to go with that delisting. Now we know that it's not 500, it's actually 484 specific products are being removed in two weeks. Off the Hong Kong exchange? Or, Off the US um, exchanges. So it'll be. Yeah, but, well, but, well, but, China, but Chinese derivatives, yes. right? Those off are all the, US the Hong exchange. Kong exchange. Yeah. What they're saying is these U.S. banks will no longer be involved. So in that. does that mean that like if I wanted to buy options in Alibaba, would I even have access to buy call options or would the options no. clearinghouse not even recognize the other side of that contract? You would have to have to contact a bank that is not J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. They would not gotcha. give you that option. Well, they would not. I, they would not well, be able to well, offer you that product. Is there even an OTC market for for derivatives? I don't even know if there I, are. I, I, I can't imagine there would be. It's so, it would be so complex. But I feel like it's got to go but through. The, but so that's the other option. I guess these firms, they can either go to a foreign exchange or they can go OTC, can go over the yeah, counter. But I, I feel like the OTC market for options would be so weird because like, well, how would you honor the contract? Because you need the OCC to be there to be like, okay, you were a seller of this contract. You were a buyer of this contract. This buyer is exercising. You know, let's find someone on the other side who's willing to exercise, right? Uh, yeah, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work without Goldman Sachs. It doesn't work without yeah, and these the guys relationship doing with the CBOE it. and those in the OCC, right? It just yeah, doesn't work. So. It doesn't work. So that's why they're saying like these are being delisted. These four hundred eighty four products are no longer going to be available to American investors. Wow, that is rough. But anyways, also political contributions gone on for the six subject. months. You know, because there aren't any elections. I don't. It's a good call. Yeah, 
I don't feel like businesses should make political contributions. I feel like only individuals could. I agree. Uh, businesses can't vote. They shouldn't be able to contribute. Yeah, exactly. And uh, on top of that, they should be capped. You can only donate 2000 per political election. Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't mind senators. I don't mind congressmen being millionaires. I don't mind that at all. But I feel like if your responsibility goes away from t- the people and to corporations that are, you know, filling your pockets, that's when I have a problem with it. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think if these banks were really serious about like, oh, we don't want to be inciting things, it'd be like, well, then just get out of it. Yeah. Just don't give of, anyone like, money. Like, I don't care whose side you're on. Like, I don't yeah. care if you support my party. Get out of it. Right. That's why like, do it. My, my view is, and, and I understand like why on the one hand as a business, you're like, well, you're regulating my industry and I need you to not do that because I need to make money. But at the same time, you also need to realize if you're taking care of all your employees and you have enough employees... Congress people will come around when the voters go, you're literally destroying my job. Yeah, And that's my thing. Like, if you're going to make a sizable political contribution, why don't you just take that money and pay your employees? Like, you won't have to pay taxes on that because it's an expense. Yep. It's an income tax. It might not be a tax write off, but it's not income tax. So who cares? That's right? legitimately, it's an expense that lowers your taxable income. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm glad they've gotten the message, but when they sit here and say, like, oh, we're not going to make any donations for six months, it's like, well, a good thing the next major election isn't for eight, isn't for 24. Well, 21 at this point, 20. Yeah. Wow. You guys are like, it's, it's like me living going? in Lincoln, Nebraska, saying, I'm not going to go out and suntan for the month of December. And it's like, of course you're not. It's two degrees out there. What, Honey, I probably won't spend any time on the golf course in in November, December, and January. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, so you're banning yourself from contributions in a period where it doesn't matter. Good work. Anymore, it's just it's just good PR. That's all it is. But anyways, I, okay, so I'm done talking about PR yeah. and stuff like that. I am. I am too. Let's move it to move antitrust because we talked about this a couple of episodes ago. And it's still going on, in case you guys didn't it's know. It's still going on, and, and there's some more repercussions out of out of last week because we're moving on from that, but we're still trying to look at how it's linking. Facebook for me is now in the most, I think they're in the most precarious spot. Well, I, mean, I did see that the shares tumbled today. Yeah. I don't and know that, what's going to do tomorrow. Probably keep going. So Facebook joined Twitter, joined uh, Google, so many others with essentially suspending uh, or banning Donald Trump from using their services or being able to update what they've said on those services for fear. It doesn't matter. They've done it. Is it within their terms of service? Yes. Do I have legal questions about the constitutionality of doing it to the president? Also, yes. But I feel like as a corporation. But they're not his, but they're not the official accounts of the president of the, the United POTUS States. Account. The person who happens to, it's the personal account of the man who happens to be the president. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's where your wiggle room is. Well, yeah, but it's also like, at the same time, it's like, you know, you're a business. So you yeah. can turn down. You have terms of service. But I feel like, but I feel like Trump's rhetoric. I mean, Trump is the worst. I don't care who you are. Like Trump is terrible at rhetoric, right? I mean, like he's literally been like, I'm great. And I have a target on my back. And the, t- and the target on my back is greater than the target on everyone else's back. And what I've been able I to think do. His, his, his rhetoric is substantially more hateful. And I think it has a lot more. Uh, it is, it is. An, but it's it, literally it, like, it's, it he's creates... got the worst little man syndrome ever. Oh yeah. Like, it's, it's literally like, I'm so awesome. And I would be more awesome if. The left. He, he, he is an agitator. But what I'm trying to say is it's their business. Twitter and Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg can decide, you know, there's no, there's no law that says they can't do that, right? They can't just ban Donald Trump's personal account. The POTUS account, the U.S. government account. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But it's a U.S. government account, right? No, so, and, that, and, that's, and that's kind of where I sit, too. Uh, so I think Twitter, is Twitter going to have some revenue issues from this? Yeah, probably. Of course they've got are, substantially yeah. fewer people using Twitter because they've been banned. Well, and because 70,000 Twitter accounts have been in the last week. 
That's a ton of Twitter. Yeah, so, that, so that's 70,000 fewer eyes, which means less ad revenue. Yeah. Does that affect their uh, stock price? Probably it should. Is it, it because they There's, did the wrong the thing? The price is plummeting. No. Yeah, but the yeah. price is plummeting. You know, Facebook. Facebook has, I think, a, a more serious issue. So for me, so looking at Facebook, Facebook was down today. Much Facebook's more than Twitter issue was, is, yeah. is that their algorithm essentially has, um, so whereas Twitter is just like, invite your friends and follow people and let people follow you. Maybe you'll like these people. Facebook is very much more creating that community that has the private conversations and everything else. Mm. And Facebook's algorithms do a lot more of like, oh, you like this. You might like. I also like this. You're gonna, yeah. You'll love these groups, people you should friend. So it's an algorithm that yeah, created of- substantially more echo, created a greater echo chamber. Essentially, Parler, Parler was the end result of like Facebook's community algorithm. Right, yeah. So like, I'll say this. The amount of ads I see on Facebook saying, you should join this punk rock group. Yeah. <laughs> it's so many. It's so many. Like, I, it's like every other group, it's like 90s punk rock. You should join this group of Clash fans. You should join this group of, because, I, I mean, I follow a bunch of punk rock pages and I follow a bunch of grunge pages. So regardless. Yeah. Those those groups are essentially echo chambers. I, I'm in a Pink Floyd group. I admit it. I love what, Pink Floyd. you? Yes, I know. Secrets out. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, okay? Pink Floyd is the greatest band that has ever existed, ever. So anyways, I'm in this Pink Floyd group on Facebook, and I love it. I love this group. But it's literally an echo chamber of how awesome Pink Floyd is and how Dave Gilmore yeah. is the greatest musician ever. And I don't disagree with any of it. And as a matter of fact, the more I see it, the more I agree that David Gilmore is probably the best guitarist of all time. I mean, I'm a Jimi Hendrix guy through and through, and I like Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, all those guys. But... David Gilmore is awesome. And this group is really reinforcing that belief. But that's what Facebook does. That's what Twitter does. Is it's echo chambers of whatever you want to believe, whatever you want Twitter's, to see. I'd say Twitter's more of a bullhorn. I it is know. an echo chamber too in which Oh like, yeah, you find, you find like-minded people. But I mean, Facebook is very much like, Facebook's algorithm is more like, it'll hide people you don't agree with. It'll hide people, like from your wall, it'll hide people you don't talk to. Right, exactly. But but it's, it's that's what we've got. So you've got on the one hand, Facebook is now, is facing still antitrust probes from the outside about their acquisition of Instagram, um, mm-hmm. and maybe their acquisition of uh, Oculus. But again, I think that's probably okay. So, you know, we're, we're, they're facing this that antitrust from the outside, but within, uh, from within, now there's, uh, there are people like they're, they're engineers and there's the people that have worked there and that used to work there who were saying like, you know, this is Facebook's fault too. Facebook created the environment where all this spreads. So now it's a company that's, that's fending off an external, you know, attack at the same time that it's dealing with mm-hmm. a crisis of business viability, even maybe. And, and so you've got, I, I think investors are going to see that and they're going to go, you know, a bad investment. Right. Now. But it's also like what I said earlier is like investors are going to brace for both sides, you know? So mm-hmm. if you want to call it hedging, sure, it's hedging, but they're pretty much getting ready for, okay, what if these antitrust hearings, what if the outcome makes Facebook dissolve and spin off all the subsidiaries because they have really monopolized the space that is social media? Okay. So the thing is, I feel so, like companies are taking up that space. So I think Facebook's defense is, well, what about TikTok? What about Twitter? What about- Google, uh, that's not a great example because I can't remember what it yeah, is. Yeah, but, but everybody's, be- like, what about LinkedIn, right? Um, yeah, LinkedIn. You know, okay. so 
Yeah, what about all those firms that are edging out or at least taking some of that market share for Facebook? Is that a good defense for Facebook? So, so the one on the one hand, the defense to the court or the defense to um, uh, antitrust court would be essentially we're not the only one. There's also LinkedIn. There's all these other ones. We we have people that are on both, so it's not like it's us or them. It's us and them. So right. it's not like we're edging out on whatever these guys are. These other guys yeah. are doing. And I, swear, and I swear to God, everybody is trying to be like Facebook. Everybody's trying to be like Instagram. Freaking now the issue LinkedIn is at the same time. What happens now. is if they're for Forced to spin off Instagram, which is that's that'll be what they're targeting. But if Facebook's forced to spin off Instagram into its own entity, yeah. I wonder how many people look at like the underlying business of Facebook, which now isn't doing political ads. At what point does it become? Is it possible for us to continue to advertise in a way that's lucrative to Facebook? Targeted advertising, you yeah, mean, targeted like advertising, really specific, without also creating the situations in which we've, you know, we're now finding this internal issue. So it's this, if they're forced to spin off Instagram, is it still a viable business entity? I think it probably is, but I think it's also going to be at a substantially lower stock value. Right. So what you'll oh, see so then, yeah. I think, is, is, is that's when you see at the same time as they're defending themselves in court, their investors are going to sit here and go, okay, what is Facebook saying? They're saying, oh, if you want all of this, you can go to LinkedIn. Oh, all of this, you can go to uh, Snapchat. Instagram well, Snapchat and Instagram, we can say are basically the same thing. Or they're similar, well, why yeah. don't I, when we divest, take the Instagram shares, take my shares to Instagram, or sell some, take the rest in Instagram, and then go into LinkedIn? Why don't I do that? Instead of staying here in Facebook, a company that's now damaged mm-hmm. and that and that may have some revenue issues in the future. So it's, yeah, it's but, a, I mean, but Facebook's not really hot anymore, right? No, it's like well, that's, the, that's the other thing is it's it's right, someone yeah, else is like, doing it. I mean, we've all seen the social network. If you haven't, go watch it. It's a fantastic movie. David Fincher directed it. Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Aaron Sorkin's one of my favorite writers of all time. David Fincher's one of my favorite directors of all time. Anyways, regardless, there's that scene. Remember when Eduardo? It was talking about how he met a girl who he thought was smoking hot and was like, oh, I'm so interested in her. She's amazing. And at the end of the party, guess what she said to me? She said, Facebook me. That used to be a huge thing. Like at one point, for instance, when the movie came out, it was like, oh, cool. Like, oh, you like to golf too? Well, Facebook me. We'll set up a tea time sometime, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's like, oh, well, you want to jam sometime? Well, uh, let's follow each other on Instagram. You know, let's, let's yep. be cool and be friends and follow each other on Instagram or add me on Snap. It's never, it's not Facebook yep. me anymore. It's not, it's not, it's never, I mean, sometimes it still is. It's like, sometimes it's like, hey, you, you still know, occasionally get like, what's yeah, your you're Facebook? Fa- or, or, yeah, or are um, you on Facebook? And I'm not trying to dog on Facebook because, you know, I'm really trying to grow our Facebook page, even though I'm not very interactive on it. But doing our know, best, folks. It's yeah, just, seriously. It's good enough. Very awkward. Because um, I'm very awkward. And James is even more awkward. But actually, yeah, are you? It's worse. I don't know. Is it? It's worse in person, for sure, uh, for both of us. <laughs> Regardless, you know, it, Facebook's not that hot anymore. And I hate to say it because I love Facebook, but... I don't. I think they're gonna be if the antitrust hearings, if they find antitrust grounds. I don't think anybody that owns Facebook shares or anybody. I don't think they're gonna be too thrilled to hear about that. No, and I think if they're forced to divest Instagram, I think there'll be a big flight, a big fight for people trying to get their Facebook converted to Instagram. Right, exactly. And I feel like I mean Instagram, their I guess public offering, if you will, from their spinoff, is gonna look a lot like DoorDash. Or Snowflake, the day they IPO'd, right? So, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That's all just a theory. There's so much uncertainty right now in the markets. Last week, we tried to predict the markets, not on this episode, but we, James and I kind of predict, tried to predict the markets, and we didn't think it was going to go well. Yeah, I was surprised we ended up where we ended up at the end Yeah, of the exactly. Week. Especially yeah, I because- I thought there'd be uncertainty through Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the market would react negatively 
no matter what. Yeah, and then we have this stupid thing called Bitcoin that literally nobody understands. Nobody understands I've never Bitcoin. had someone adequately explain and what Bitcoin is. And every time I've tried to explain it, it's like, okay, so you're buying casino chips to a casino that doesn't exist, doesn't have any games, and also you don't get the chips. Yeah. But later, you can sell those chips to the casino that doesn't exist, doesn't have any games, and that also still don't exist Yes, someone else who's trying to yeah, buy those you're chips. Because you're not selling it back to the casino and redeeming it for cash. You're literally you're literally selling it to someone else that wants those chips. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, found I found a stick in the woods. I found that piece of toast that looks like it has the Virgin Mary on it, and now it's just I'm selling it. Right. Except you know, at I least in that scenario that I just described, you get a piece of toast. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I want to talk about Bitcoin, but not not tonight because it's I mean there's not that much time. And we talked about so many other random things that we didn't really talk about. But next week I'm just gonna tease for next week because. Unless something absolutely insane happens next week, we're going to talk about how the Fed owns a ton of shares in companies like Apple, all the big banks, Amazon. We're going to talk about all that. And we're going to talk about Hong Kong because Hong Kong song gone wrong part two is definitely going to be a huge topic. I was going to say, folks, Drunkadomics started in Hong Kong. It started as a Hong Kong uh, Hong Kong thought experiment. Yeah, literally. uh, James and I talked about Hong Kong week after week after week after week after week, and then we finally got microphones, and then we still talked about it for week after week after week because we didn't know how to make these microphones work. So hopefully now the chaos is all behind us. I say lying like a liar because we know it's not. I mean, this week was very much just kind of like throwing, just spraying a blank canvas and hopefully something sticks because uh, next week's episode, I think is just going to be insane. I think this week is going to be a crazy week. We're going to see all these different news headlines, Mm -hmm. jobs reports, whatever it is. We're going to see so much stuff this week. I think that's just going to be the next is, week. Uh, is so here's be... for me kind of what I'm looking forward to for next week. So before we get to Hong Kong, as we're, as we, cause it's, it's definitely tied to Hong Kong because it's where it all started. The whole story. I'm also very interested in the, uh, in the Sino-Australian trade issues. So oh, yeah. China-Australia talking, issues. Yeah. Cause boy, are there some, well, some doozies in well, there. Are the blackouts still happening over in China? Yep. Oh, seriously? Gosh, that's just such. So China's still not importing uh, Australian coal along with some other Raw materials, but oh, at the same time as they're doing that, they're, you're, you're, everyone's sitting here thinking, "Oh, has a tr- Australian coal production been crushed?" Well, no. The price has only gone down a little bit, which means well, that Australia's been able to go, "Yeah, fine, we'll just sell it to other people." Yeah. Well, okay. So this is the thing: is uh, America has really made a spectacle out of itself, but in China, at least the lights were on here. Yeah, at least the lights are on here. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, it's pick your pick your poison. You know, I mean, do you want a bunch of random people storming the hill? Do you want that, or do you want? No lights across the country. Well, it wasn't across the country, so it was in big southern provinces. Yeah, but it was in a bunch of poor neighborhoods in really populated cities. Yeah, and so, in factories. And so factories, it's only sense yeah. where China's trying to get its factories going again, but they can't. Well, it'd be like if Houston, Louisiana, uh, gosh, San Antonio, like just all, like you just, the lights couldn't, tu- couldn't come on. Corpus Christi, like yeah. just like you could have on, your lights right? on at home, but couldn't go to work. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like that, but I don't know. This is kind of a weird week uh, because last week's episode was very entertaining. I think I had a lot of fun doing it. And um, then last week was just the rest of the week. Like, just why is this happening? Yeah, the rest of the week, like, and, and how do we not address some of this? Yeah, it's just such an unprecedented time, and you know, and I love drinking to it for better or for worse, you know. But I don't, really, I don't really want to talk that much anymore because I, I feel like we're kind of going in circles, and we've been talking forever in circles. But yeah, I don't know. This is. Um, this is this is I a think, fun time. Yeah, it is. I think so. Here, here's my thing. I, I kind of want to um, I want to see what you guys think on some of the green energy, some of the green techs with the nuclear energy mm-hmm. stuff, because obviously, as I was reading into Chinese coal issues, 
they de- they're desperately looking for renewable energy. They're looking mm. for oh, yeah. energy that isn't coal-based because 50% of their power comes from coal, more. And the problem is they've picked a fight with the US and they've picked a fight with Australia. Well, Australia provides their coal. And then to get off of coal, they were trying to go to uh, liquid natural gas, but they were buying that from us. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they, they've gone after both their, their energy providers, providers yeah. of energy. And so now it's, what does that do? Well, I think I, it's going to lead to huge Chinese investment in uh, green energy firms, tech firms, nuclear power firms. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how that well, goes. let's say this. Like, so before we wrap up, I want to say this. The last three months, the sectors that have made a lot of money, I said like materials, I said all, uh, you know, energy has been, has done very well in the last three months uh, for the most part. But I think what has really pulled energy up is just the amount of new energy that's coming out, like all the new energy companies. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, you know, the companies like Tesla, NEO, oh, yeah. companies that have found a way to manufacture cars that are less energy dependent on old energy. Fossil fuels. Fossil fuels, yeah. for instance, right? Okay, sorry, I talk like Donald Trump. Okay, I have terrible vocabulary. I have terrible diction. <laughs> so they're not <laughs> oil old dependent energy. on that yeah. respect. Old energy, okay, shut up, right? Let's call it old, old energy. very old, it's folks. Very old. There's nothing When I was older. a boy, we just energy. called it energy. And now it's old energy. But anyways, yeah, so the, all that stuff has been the hot stuff. And, and materials, banks, cybersecurity. Cybersecurity has been phenomenal last month. Not that I've been a part of it. I'm just saying, you know, to me, it's always just hindsight 2020. And I'm like, oh, wow, I missed it on that. Um, yeah, so that's another uh, one. I, here's, here's one uh, to look at. So it's late now, but if you look at it, look at so NEO, which just released their their sedan, electric sedan in China, right. which is mainly powered by NVIDIA chip technology. Go ahead and... Uh, I'm not going to say buy anything, but go ahead and eyeball it and see how, because that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I've got some dates pegged and I'm going to look and I'm going to see how Ooh. Neo's selling well. Does that then mean that NVIDIA is going to have to produce a lot more chips? And then is there a supply? Are they going to show huge new revenues because we gonna, Chinese factories have been cl- were closed for six months? Who knows? Are we going to have a JDTG, Jamie the Day Trader Global, instead of Dave the Day Trader Global? Are you the new Dave Portnoy? Uh, I thought we would just work together and try and catapult ourselves into the future. Oh, nice. I, I like what you did there. Yeah. Are you the new Dave Portnoy? Are you th- Is Drunkenomics the Barstool Sports of Economics? I mean, yes. Yes. I'll say yeah. You know I like, what? I like where your if head's at. they're not at. gonna, we will. I like where your head's at. Um, I mean, that is my goal for the podcast. So if you have any ideas as to help, as to what we should do to get to that point, I'm all ears. Anyways, I'm done talking for the night. There's a football game on. We gotta There's go. There's a football game on. And, on. and if I keep talking, I'm gonna get hammered. So let's wrap up. Not that I'm not hammered already, but let's wrap up. <laughs> Find us on social media. Reach out to us. Let us know what we can do to uh, better suit your like-minded ambitions. It's at Drunkonomical. You're UNK on my CAL. Instagram, Twitter, and last but not least, maybe least, Facebook. So. Yeah, find us there. Uh, hopefully, they're all still around by the time this episode gets released. And hopefully, they haven't banned us. Who knows? Anything could happen. You know, a lot can happen in two minutes. It's another cool shit. So, Apparently, we, we just told, we sold some more stuff last week. Nice. Whoever got the coffee mug and the wow. sticker, power to you. Yeah, seriously. And uh, with that said, merch. Dude, I need to get some stuff. Because so I. Because I need to, I, I just need to get the word out there, you know, like our, our podcast is our podcast is a presentation it looks great and so does our merch so do we when we're wearing our merch so let's yeah. and so do up. you so, when you're wearing so our too merch could you so, while you wear yeah. our merch who so knows? and your dog so who knows right oh, absolutely take, take a look at that it's shop.spreadshirt.com slash drunkenomics not drunkenomical drunkenomics d-r-u-n-k-d-o-m-i-c-s not c-a-l that is also our Patreon, patreon.com slash drunkenomics, D-R-U-N-K-D-O-M-C-S. I'll say that again because 
That's our only revenue stream. So we, for the most part, do this for free. As a matter of fact, we do this for a negative amount of money. That's but we like doing it. If you feel bad for us and want to fund our liquor cabinets, or you think that our mics suck, which they do, because these are very cheap mics. Imagine how much better we'd sound with like decent equipment. I'm kidding, but seriously. <laughs> uh, also, Discord. Find us on Discord. So you can Absolutely. find our Discord invite. It is a permanent invite, as last I checked it, on our Facebook on our Instagram, and just put everything else we try to post on. Check us out, meet us in there. That is where we interact, if not the most, the most frequently. Or the most intimately. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh-huh. we, we, uh-huh. our Discord has become a lot more fun lately. And then obviously, wait, wait have no. we said what else everything we need to say? Filled, oh, I I have killed after I filled. Uh-huh. You know, and that, my friend, and kill. is Chestnut Trekkers. Which is very, what do you call that? Drunkenomical? Ah, cheers. <laughs>